Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. So, first of all, before we begin our review, congratulations on completing the first 50 lessons. So, 365 divided by 50 equals what? 70, 71-ish? So, one-seventh of the way through. That's a solid chunk. 50 lessons is a solid chunk. I'm certain that some of you have been doing a lesson a day to the best of your ability. Congratulations to each of you. And to those of you that get to it when you can, thanks for showing up also. I'm incredibly grateful to each and every one of you for listening. Shout out to Ellen. Shout out to Ritter. Shout out to Greg. Shout out to, um, what's, who's the guy, what's the, what's the guy from Germany's name? I forget who sends me Facebook messages. I'm not going to pull up Facebook right now, but shout out to you as well. Uh, shout out to Mary, et cetera, et cetera. I hope Spotify has worked itself out. I got sick of inquiring. I think I mentioned that I made multiple calls to the podcast hosting company and they didn't call me back. So I'm going to just place that in the hands of God. Lesson 194 is I place the future in the hands of God. So I place the podcast's future and in the hands of God. If if I've shown up and done my best and it's been cued and it's set for release and it doesn't show up on Spotify, I'm just going to give that one to God. Turn it over. So the more you get into this stuff, you, the more you find that the universe will, in fact, mess with you just a little bit or to a significant degree. So I'm going to read the uh, the intro to the review and then we'll do the, the lesson... 51, the official lesson 51, which comprises the first five lessons. So, review one, introduction. Beginning with today, we will have a series of review periods. Each of them will cover five of the areas already, ideas already presented, starting with the first and ending with the 50th. There will be a few short comments after each of the ideas, which you should consider in your review. In the practice periods, the exercises should be done as follows. Begin the day by reading the five ideas with the comments included. Thereafter, it is not necessary to follow any particular order in considering them, though each one should be practiced at least once. Devote two minutes or more to each practice period, thinking about the idea and the related comments after reading them. Do this as often as possible during the day. If any one of the five ideas appeals to you more than the others, concentrate on that one. At the end of the day, however, be sure to review them, to review all of them once more. So you're just going to read through the, the five lessons, and, and then you're going to focus. There's not really any particular specific way to do it, but just pick, each, pick one of the five and devote two minutes to each one of those five at some point throughout the day, and then do a final review at the end of the night, or like a, a total review, or review them all again at the end of the day. It is not necessary to cover the comments that follow each idea either literally or thoroughly in the practice periods. Try rather to emphasize the central point and think about it as part of your review of the idea to which it relates. After you have read the idea and the related comments, the exercises should be done with your eyes closed and when you are alone in a quiet place, if possible. This, this is emphasized for, for practice periods at your stage of learning. It will be necessary, however, that you learn to require no special settings in which to apply what you have learned. You will need your learning most in situations that appear to be upsetting rather than in those that already seem to be calm and quiet. The purpose of your learning is, in, is to enable you to bring the quiet with you 
and to heal distress and turmoil. So that's what I've been talking about. We're, we're doing Course in Miracles while we're cruising around. This is not, we're not doing Course in Miracles at the, the top of a mountain in the Himalayas where no one is going to come bother us as a hermit. We're doing these in our families, in our relationships, in our cars, in traffic, in society, in our communities, etc. You will learn that peace is part of you and requires only that you be there to embrace any situation in which you are. And finally, finally, you will learn that there is no limit to where you are, so that your peace is everywhere as you are. So read that again. And finally, you will learn that there is no limit to where you are, so that your peace is everywhere as you are. You will note that for review purposes, some of the ideas are not given in quite their original form. Use them as they are given here. It is not necessary to return to the original statements nor to apply the ideas as, we, as was suggested then. We are now emphasizing the relationships among the first 50 of the ideas we have covered and the cohesiveness of the thought system to which they are leading you. So... It's really amazing when you start to have several kind of ideas populate your consciousness in any given situation where this is warranted. Um, I've heard Ken Wapnick say that you only need to do the actual course, the 365 lessons of the course one time, like in your entire lifetime. And he says to study the text. David Hawkins, however, um, says to just keep, just keep doing the Course in Miracles. Just keep doing it over and over and over. And for me personally, I'm just, I'm just becoming, I mean, things are just getting so beautifully peaceful on the inside. I had this just transcendent moment, transcendent moment in the ocean this morning. It's just absolutely beautiful. So lesson 51, the review for today covers the following ideas. One, nothing I see means anything. The reason this is so, the reason this is so is that I see nothing and nothing has no meaning. It is necessary that I recognize this, that I may learn to see. So it is necessary that I recognize this, that I may learn to see. What I think I see now is taking the place of vision. So it's kind of like perception versus vision. I must let it go by realizing it has no meaning so that vision may take its place. Lesson two, I have given what I see all the meaning it has for me. I have judged everything I look upon, and it is this and only this I see. This is not vision. It is merely an illusion of reality because my judgments have made have been quite because my judgments have been made quite apart from reality. So when you're looking at someone and you're and they do something you don't like and you just go, you Rotten SOB, that's, that's not reality, right? I am willing to, that's just your perception. I am willing to recognize the lack of validity in my judgments because I want to see. My judgments have hurt me, and I do not want to see according to them. So let's say you look out the window and you see someone committing a, a, a horrible crime, right? You're going to have a judgment about that event and about that person, that perpetrator. The challenge here is to not let that judgment run, run the show. That's not real. God did not create it, and so it is not real. And we want to recognize that without doing a Course in Miracles number and spiritually bypassing that. Um, 
being willing to forgive whatever's happening, and that does not mean that we are in any way condoning the things that happen in the world. Three, I do not understand anything I see. How could I understand what I see when I have judged it amiss? What I see is the projection of my own errors of thought. I do not understand what I see because it is not understandable. There is no sense in trying to understand it, but, but there is every reason to let it go and make room for what can be seen and understood and loved. I can exchange what I see now for this merely by ask by I can exchange what I see now for this merely by being willing to do so. I'm going to read that again. I can exchange what I see now for this merely by being willing to do so. So all that is required of you is willingness there. It is this is this is not this a better choice than the one I made before. 4 these thoughts do not mean anything. The thoughts of which I am aware do not mean anything because I am trying to think without God. What I call, quote, my thoughts are not my real thoughts. My real thoughts are the thoughts I think with God. I am not aware of them because I have made my thoughts to take their place. I am willing to recognize that my thoughts do not mean anything and to let them go. I choose to have them be replaced by what they were intended to replace. My thoughts are meaningless, but all creation lies in the thoughts I think with God, which God's thoughts are basically loving thoughts, forgiving thoughts, compassionate, compassionate thoughts, understanding thoughts, etc. Five, this, is, this was one of the first lessons, lesson five in this course, that had an enormous impact on me as a relatively angry, angry person who is very much prone to point my finger at people, at places, at events I don't like. Um, as a person who in a lot of ways is almost like addicted to anger. Um, and for me to discover that I was never upset for the reason that I think, which is if, if you really let this one sink in, this can be a whopper, a whopper of a lesson, lesson five. I am never upset for the reason I think because I am constantly trying to justify my thoughts. I am constantly trying to make them true. I make all things my enemies so that my anger is justified and my attacks are warranted. I have not realized how much I have misused everything I see by assigning this role to it. I have done this to defend a thought system that has hurt me and that I no longer want. I am willing to let it go. So you think you're mad at your partner because they did X, Y, Z? You are not upset for the reason that you think. You think you're mad at the president because he's insane? <laughs> you are actually not upset for the reason that you think. It's got nothing to do with him. Right? I am upset for the former presidential administration in the United States of America because they were, or he was, X, Y, Z. Okay, stop. You are never upset for the reason that you think, right? So you, again, I'm going to read this. I make all things my enemies so that my anger is justified and my attacks are warranted. So ask yourself, what, what are you making your enemy? Anytime you get upset and you give your power away to that situation, you are making you are, your anger is you are using anger to justify attack. 
so that my anger is justified and my attacks are warranted. So one of the things it says in the 12 steps is that there are no justified, uh, no justified resentments. It also says that um, alcoholics will not recover if they don't, they have to get over their anger. They have, they must move beyond their anger or they will, or they will die, literally. And so the funny thing about alcoholics, a lot of angry people, right? Um, myself being one of them and learning to deal with anger in a way that has everything to do with me and nothing to do with what's happening out there in the world. Again, not that we're condoning, not that we approve of some of these bad things, not that these things aren't really happening in the world, um, but learning to see that my that anger is in so many ways a choice has been an incredibly liberating and truly miraculous uh, occurrence for me. So thanks again for listening. Lesson 51, which covered lessons one through five, and then there's going to be, uh, there'll be nine more review lessons before we move on to part two of the course. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. Uh, again, congratulations. The first 50 lessons of a course, not a joke. Um, so, you know, maybe celebrate, maybe just take a, take, take a little inventory, um, maybe notice what's happening with you internally as the result. And, you know, maybe it doesn't seem like anything has shifted and that's perfectly fine, but I can guarantee you that if you've done this to the best of your ability, that things have in fact shifted. So thanks again for tuning into the Course in Miracles podcast. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.